Welcome back to the Suitors Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Guru Hargobin was enjoying the forests and gardens around Kortarapur in Dwaba. We heard how a minister came and their interaction with the Guru, the Guru blessing him to be reinstated as he was in the royal court of Shah Jahan. Now, chapter 26 begins describing how it was the monsoon season. It was raining and just pouring down every day. Guru Hargobin would always look outside to explore the forests and gardens and rivers. Around the rivers, along the riverbanks, there were such beautiful trees there. The rivers themselves had such pure and clean water. Wherever you would look, you would see the greenery just expanding out so gloriously. Nightingale birds were in the gardens. They were chirping, singing beautifully. Lightning was flashing through the clouds so intricately. The soft sounds of the thunder were slowly rolling through the air, paired with the sound of peacocks singing and crying out in the distance. One day, Guru Hargobind held a court session amongst this beauty, along with his warriors, his Sikhs, his sons. It was as if a court session of the gods was being held in heaven. And even the gods, though, when they looked down and saw this court session of Guru Hargobind, they felt ashamed. They were like, damn, ours doesn't even compare in that way. Everyone was looking at the Guru's face there. No one was looking anywhere else. Everybody was just fixated on the Guru's form. Guru Hargobind was laughing, looking around at everybody so gracefully their sideways glance, bestowing love to everybody there. From their moon-like radiant face, every now and then they spoke out, which was like a downpour of amrit, ambrosial, immortality-giving nectar. The Guru then said, This season of the monsoon is so beautiful. Riverbanks at this point are going to be so beautiful. The rivers will flow with great strength. Waves will splash here and there. And from those elevated positions where there is no mud, those spots will be great for hunting as well. We should go look for a spot which others haven't seen yet, which is isolated, where we can go there and enjoy hunting somewhere along this river Bias, where we can stay for some time. One Sikh then spoke out with his hands clasped and said, O oh, great king, as you wish to enjoy, all along the riverbanks of the Bias River and the villages, there are your servants, your Sikhs. And one spot named Bagge, there would be a great spot for us, from what you mentioned. There's only a little bit of muddy area there, it's elevated, you can enjoy hunting greatly there. You could sit alongside the riverbanks and enjoy the sights of the river flow. It's in so many ways beautiful there. You could watch the rain and the season beautifully pass there. Grace your servants, your six there in that area, and deliver to them your divine sight, darshan. Guru Hargobin heard everything that Sikh said, but just stayed quiet. He didn't give a response. Another Sikh then, he spoke out saying, Well, there's one spot I know that would be great. Great king, it's just as you wish. In every way, it's so beautiful. It's on a high ground, which doesn't have any mud around it. It's along the river Bias. There are only a few people who live in that area. That village is named Ruhila. You can go hunt to your heart's desire there. You can sit there and view the beautiful water, the waves of the river. That elevated position is clean. It isn't wet or muddy. There's really no other spot as beautiful as this on the riverbanks of Bias. It's the perfect spot for you, where you can view the beautiful rainfall. Another Sikh then replied saying, Oh yeah, that spot is amazing. It's just a spot. Gurhargobin heard this and understood all. He wanted to go there where it would be pleasing. Before that, they called Baba Gurdatta, his eldest son. And with great love, he said to him, You should now go back to Gulwandwal Sahib. Meet with the family there with great excitement. 
Go meet your mother and your brothers. They want to see you. It's tough to spend time out here roaming in the monsoon season. It's not going to be fun for you. Also, there is the matter of the Turks, the Mughals. Our conflict has increased greatly with them. At some point, we'll have to battle with them again. You're still quite young. You should look for peace and comfort at this age, which you'll get by residing in Gunwasad. So Baba Gurudatta took permission from his father, accepting it fully. He then bowed down to the lotus-like feet of Guru Hargobind. He mounted up on a readied horse, understanding this was the Guru's wish. He took with him 11 warriors who then quickly traveled along the path. They eventually got to Govindwal Sahib. He told everybody there about the Guru's travels and news. He then met with his brothers, Anirai, Atalrai, Surajmal, and the young Teg Bahadur. They would all play together, always enjoying each other's company to their heart's delight. Guru Hargobind, meanwhile, they also got ready. They were looking to travel to that spot called Ruhela, which that Sikh mentioned. He desired to travel along the Bias River and view the waves. So the drums of the battalions, they sounded off. All the warriors got strapped up in every way. The word here used was Sanadbad, which literally means properly Sanadbad, bound, tied, strapped up. So the ways in which warriors would fasten weapons on their body was largely with cloth, with fabric, instead of modern-day plastic holsters, belts, etc. Hence the expression Sanadbad. So the warriors left and they let off their rifles all along the way. The crack, the thunder from these rifles could be heard from some distance. At that point, Bandit Khan approached Guru Hargobind. He had come back from home after checking up with his family. Guru Hargobind looked at him and then thought, this idiot now has become greatly arrogant, thinking, oh, through the strength and support of my arms, the Guru was victorious. I killed countless in the battlefield. Now, the Guru is thinking, now if I let this guy join us in the next great battle, he'd become even more cocky, thinking that the Guru's victory is only through his strength. So in this battle, we will fight without him and will obtain victory killing many Turks. Guru Hargobind thought like this and then said to Pandey Khan, Pandey Khan, you should stay at home. Now that you've had your nikah, your wedding, you should just live with your wife. I'm now looking at the riverbanks of Bias to enjoy the monsoon season. We're going to spend our time there on elevated ground. If there is anything else we need from you, we'll call you from home, but you should go there and stay and enjoy until then. Pandakon clasped his hands together and said, How can I go there and live in my house now? We've had created such conflict with Shah Jahan. We've killed so many of his army. If there now is a random conflict with the emperor and they send a big army, I won't be able to come soon enough. I won't be able to help you. So how can I leave you now? If I don't come and serve you when you are in need, then the entire world will curse me. You are my great Murshid, my teacher. You are my father, Guru Hargobind. You are my divine, Khala. You alone are the one who brings me happiness. It's not proper for me to be separated from you. Oh, Guru Master, understand this is the time for warfare. The compassionate Guru Hargobind responded saying, As you say, we will do that. But even then, we have said this for your pleasure. That it's your time now, your stage of life to spend at home. And because of the season, I want to go live near the river. You will come and meet with us again, O oh great warrior. Why are you worried about this? Just go home, realize that even then you are forever with us. Listen to what we say. Do not disobey this. When we call you again, we will be united. 
Bandit called and clasped his hands together in acceptance. He didn't say anything, but even then he didn't want to leave the Guru. He accepted the Guru's words fully. As he was about to leave, the Guru then instructed him spiritually, saying, Don't be inappropriate with any other but your wife. And within your heart, establish great love for your wife. Instill compassion within your heart. And to those who are needy, be charitable to them. O wise one, don't pain anyone either. Do not ever bring another woman in front of your gaze. But also, never give your back to an enemy. Never run away. Forever remember Khuda and obtain great bliss. Accept the divine will of life. Look at the world, understand it as all the divine will, and thus experience great bliss. Bandakam bowed down to the lotus-like feet of Guru Hargobind and then said, I do not have any fear at all for any enemy. And with your strength and glory, I've been able to experience all varieties of great bliss. So Parnikhan said this, then went back to his house. In many ways, he went there and he enjoyed his company with his wife. Meanwhile, Guru Hargobind mounted his horse. The drums were sounding off loudly. It was as if they were sounding off the calls to victory. All the warriors got mounted up. They were strapped with their rifles. Guru Hargobind was maneuvering around his horse so smoothly like the waves of the Ganga River, the Ganges, flowing. It was the second day of Savan, the month, which is around mid-July to mid-August. It was a Thursday when Guru Hargobin left Kartarpur, where they stayed for about a month. So they left the Kartarpur area, heading to an area where they desired to destroy many more Turks. All along the way, they encountered peace-giving signs, auspicious signs, which would signify the Guru's upcoming victory against the enemies. Along the path, these signs, one of them was a woman with a baby in her lap. She was so lovingly playing with this kid, such a beautiful, blessed woman. There was also a cow giving milk to her calf with great love. They were interacting. There was this beautiful cold breeze in the air. There were also a group of deer on the right side along the path. Birds were chirping so nicely. All of these were signs of great bliss to come. They traveled all along the path with drums beating. Many people from the villages that they were passing by would come and see the Guru, placing down offerings in front of them and bowing down to the lotus-like feet of the Guru. These were such fortunate people. And looking at the Guru, they would then go and tell everybody, and those who had great fortune in their life, they would come running to see Guru Hargun, who would give them all happiness and bliss, before then carrying down along the path. The compassionate one was traveling along this long path in this way. And this is how chapter 26 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how the Guru and the forces enter the village called Ruhila along the river Bias. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who've been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. <laughs> Shut up, Shut up. Shut up.